Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. On this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast, I got the chance to chat with Brent Bowers. Brent, um, we had on the Good Deeds show, Chris and I, Chris 70 and I interviewed Brent a while back due to his primarily his land flipping business. He's in real estate, wholesaling, flipping, coaching. He's got a bunch of kind of ancillary businesses. He's a former army officer and uh, went through a lot of adversity. Uh, he went through a divorce, a lot of adversity with, well, I guess in 2008, he lost his, everything kind of went downhill for him at that point. Uh, he started in real estate and then quit got divorced and you know, we talk about his struggles in the military and and particularly with family life because of being in the military and working so many hours also working you know businesses outside of the military and kind of the juggling all of that and um yeah Brent is a a hustler he's a a mover and a shaker he's an action taker he drops a ton of knowledge in this uh, about real estate mindset and um, kind of just moving through adversity. Um, he quotes the Bible in this about um, this too shall pass. You know, it, it's really inspiring to see what he's been able to do and to hear his backstory. We dive into his backstory a lot more on this one and his mindset. Um, so I really hope you enjoy it. And I know I did. Thanks. Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. How will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable and former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and... I am thrilled today that we have a fellow podcaster and fellow real estate investor, Brent Bowers. Brent, how are you doing today? 
Man, just the, that that intro, that the fellow <laughs> podcaster. I mean, just thinking about that, a year and a half ago, I had never been on a podcast, and now I'm being nice. called a podcaster. So I love it. Uh, I, love I feel it. elevated yeah. already. Um, yeah, just there pretty much go. made my week just now. Well, and we also have we were both uh, army captains. We have that in common, so we can talk about No, that. I was not a captain. Oh, you uh, were an army officer. First lieutenant. I right. got the heck out before they you made were... me captain because that's a lot of responsibility, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I wasn't too far behind you in getting out, though. But um, anyway, I'm excited to have you. Um, I asked Brent, for the listeners out there, I asked Brent before we hit record, you know, which which business do you want me to associate with you with? and the you know, because Brent, you've got what five or six businesses that that people know about at least. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The ones I tell people, there's some that I don't even tell my wife about. Uh, <laughs> not that they're weird or anything, yeah. but she would just be like, "Are you serious?" So I, yeah. I just stopped talking to her about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've gotten to that point too, where it's like, "Yeah, I just created a business yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but you know, Brent Bowers, the land man. You said what might be a good one, or the land land shark. .com I know is one of your your sites, right? Yeah, we got the landsharks.com. That's the one I'm I'm uh one of the ones that that it's more ex- one of my more exciting businesses, I should say. Gotcha. Well, before we dive into your background, why don't you touch on exactly kind of what you have going on today? I know it's 27 trillion things, but kind of at <laughs> a high level, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, uh, who I am, uh I'm a real estate investor. I'm a business owner. I have a team. Um, like, And let me put some emphasis on my team. I literally just hung up with my executive assistant. She lives in Florida as well, but she's pretty much in the middle of the state. And I told her, I was like, I couldn't do it without you ladies. Like, You guys pretty much run the show. Most of the time, they're telling me what's going on. I'm the guy that's like, hey, we should do this. And they're the ones that's like, well, have you thought about this, this, and that? Like the the first, the the second and third order effects of it. Right. Um, so it didn't always, it wasn't always like that though. 2007, I just got my real estate license. Um, I always wanted to be a real estate rock star. Um, and I had to take that freaking test like three times. Uh, I have a lot of excuses why, but um, I, here we go. It just took me three times to pass the Florida real estate license. And then I'm one of those guys. I just take action. I bought my first rental in 2007, um, right after I got that license. And then 2008 happened. And like it's like someone ripped the rug right out from underneath me. And yeah. I quit. I pretty much quit on real estate. Okay. Now, I, we're, we're going to get into that. I um, And for those who are un, unaware, Brent, was on. you were on our Good Deeds uh, Note Investing podcast with Chris and me. And we... Um, I had some feedback from somebody afterwards. It was like, actually recently, he's like, oh, I remember that guy. That guy's, that dude's a hustler, man. That guy's a baller. So, and oh, said, oh man, wait a minute. He must've listened to somebody else's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, probably he meant the host. I'm sure. Okay. But, that's, um, that's, what that's, that's what he meant. But no, I mean, from your story, I do recommend the listeners go back and listen to that. Cause you know, there's, we're not going to cover all of that detail here, but as far as your investing story, but you are definitely an action taker, uh, for sure. So, so 2008. Well, I guess quitting can be an action, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. We all you quit. T- you know. Yeah. I remember my my uh, freshman year in high. Actually, no, it was my sophomore year in high school football. 
I was going to quit. And my dad talked me out of it because I was doing two a day practices in the summer while running my lawn service. And I was just smoked. And I was like, I shouldn't be doing this as a kid. Like I got in my head again. I'm like, why, why am I doing all this? Mm-hmm. And my dad just talked to me about your team. Like you're going to let them all down if you quit. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll never forget that advice. And then it's just like, here we are talking about adversity to abundance. That's my adversity. <laughs> yeah. Like I quit in 2008 when I shouldn't have, but gotcha. it all worked out really well. So we'll, we'll go back into your backstory. But so, so right now, what do you have going on? Kind of, you've got the land flipping business and, and what else do you have going on? Yeah. Um, I quit until about 2013 and started back up, but this today currently, um, you know, I have a team, very small team. There's about 10 of us and we just hired an in-house accountant to kind of keep our book straight. We outran our, uh, fractional CFO and, (laughs) uh, bookkeeping service and all that. Uh, We're playing catch up, but, uh, we, we flip houses. We, we flip land and my favorite, my, the Holy grail of passive income is we create notes and that's how nice. you and I met Jamie. Yep. Um, we create notes by selling land on seller financing. And it's like literally the best kept secret ever. I mean, I buy a piece of land at 30, 40 cents on the dollar and sell it for a hundred cents on the dollar plus interest for the longest term possible. And mm-hmm. sometimes 10, 10 to 15 X our money on land, but actually I shouldn't even say it's actually more than 10 to 15 X. If we, borrow the money to buy it uh, yeah. and then turn around and arbitrage it. It's actually an infinite return. Yeah. Cause you don't have any money left in the deal. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. So, and that's kind of your, what would you say is your primary focus right now from a business standpoint? You know, it, it varies. I kind of stepped back into my land business because the last year and a half, I've really been focusing on growing the land sharks. Uh, I teamed up with Wholesaling Inc. Uh, as my kind of publishing agency to start teaching people how to buy and sell land and create businesses around it. Uh, and we really had a strong emphasis. I was teaching a lot of veterans and active duty military because mm-hmm. I speak that language. That's I literally was yeah. running from that because I was always deployed and always gone and always away and always training so I needed to get out because I wanted to see my children more often. Um, mm-hmm. So I talk very well to people that are kind of going through that same thing. But that's sure. been my focus for the last year and a half. I've now stepped back into my land investing business because I want to mm-hmm. keep building that. Um, and I'm not where I want to be. I, I'm seeing what's possible with all my students. Uh, several of my students have built businesses that make mine look like a little dwarf. Um, so <laughs> now I'm like, you're doing a good job, right? You're good. I teacher. guess for a while I was just jealous. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm a good coach. Uh, yeah. but now I'm inspired because I'm like, holy crap. If, if they can do it, yeah, I'm the guy teaching it. I'm going right. to blow this thing up. Now. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's the abundance mindset that we're going to get to. So as we back up here, let's get back into your backstory. And obviously the show is, is about overcoming adversity, you're getting through adversity. We all face challenges in life. Um, uh, you and I are still going to have adversity going forward. Um, so we're never done with that. And, you know, it's not a light bulb kind of switch from adversity to abundance, but I know, I know that you've been through some challenges in life, so you can pick it up wherever you want, as far as childhood, adolescence, you know, military, whatever you want to start with, but let's uh, hone in on a couple of uh, maybe one thing that stands out from an adversity standpoint uh, that you faced. 
Yeah, I mean, we can go back to 2008. Uh, I bought that. Uh, I had just gotten married as well in 2007. We bought that house, rental property. Um, and I just started pulling the trigger. And I left my lawn and landscape business that I had built since like sixth grade. Hmm. Um, my dad ended up taking it over. Me and my um, wife moved to the coast of West Palm Beach. I started selling real estate. Hmm. And very soon after that, I ended up having to tell my landlord that, hey, here's your 30-day notice. I'm not going to be able to afford next month's uh, rent. Wow. And there ended up being a huge buyout for me to get out of that lease. Ended up wrecking my credit. that I literally found out my credit was trashed about two years later <laughs> while I was on a deployment to Afghanistan because I was actually trying to purchase a new lawnmower for the lawn business that my dad took over. And they're like, you've got a about a 590 credit score because of this, that, and the other. And I'm like, holy cow, that's from that lease that I broke. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's amazing how you can do one thing and two years later, you, you pay the uh, pay the, the price of it. Sure. Um, so I ended up moving in with my in-laws into a 900 square foot house. Uh, here we are, four adults now living in one house, plus a, uh, a small child, which was my wife's uh, younger sister. And let me tell you, I went from a business owner to a real estate licensed agent, which I still have my license, to a mm -hmm. rental property owner, to moving in with my in-laws. And that's quite humbling. Uh, sure. When I, you go from making great money to no money, and you're paying credit card bills with cre or credit cards with credit cards. Wow. And how, so, about how old were you at this point? Just, just... Uh, you know, I was, I was about to turn 24. And yeah. my, my wife at the time, uh, I really, really respected her grandpa. And I respected her mom too. Her mom was actually my real estate broker. Um, okay. And her grandpa said, her grandpa, let me back up a little bit. Her grandpa actually introduced me to Jim Rohn, not personally, but through cassette right. tapes. And right. I think I talked about this yeah, yeah. podcast. Well, I converted all those things from cassette to CD and would listen to these things driving down the road. And that was, that's where I was introduced to personal development and started realizing that life's not happening to me. It's happening for me. Mm -hmm. And another thing my uh, wife's grandpa said to me was join the military, go back to school, you can do this over like, it's not you can you can kind of do a reset. So once again, action taker, I'm at the recruiter station at the Air Force, they wouldn't take me, Air Force would not take me I jumped through all their hoops, a lot of their hoops, but unfortunately mm -hmm. not high enough. And luckily, the Air Force recruiter said, Hey, go next door to the military to the army. They'll pretty much take anybody. So I'm coachable. I went next door and joined the army and I'm in basic yeah. training like two months later. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, with everything you just breezed through, I mean, that's, that's a lot of, that's a big, like you said, it was humbling, but touch on kind of your mindset at that point in time that when you were struggling, um, as far as, yeah, yeah go ahead. You know, just praying for opportunity every night and like, dear Lord, like, I'll, I'll, I'll be a better tither, like all these things. But here I am sleeping in till like 10 a.m. in the morning. But I was also working late, right? I, that was my excuse. Oh, I'm working late. But mm -hmm. I still could have gotten up early. You know, some of the things that were ingrained in me in the military, like now it's like I pretty much just wake up automatically at 4 a.m. And mm -hmm. either I lay there in bed feeling guilty or most of the days of the week, I just get up and, and get some stuff done or, you know, do a Bible study or read a book or, or whatever, start, you know, taking action. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I look back at the, at the person I was back then mm -hmm. and 
That's who needed to change. It wasn't the economy. It wasn't the dang real estate market. Everyone wants to blame 2008. Wah, wah, wah. Like, <laughs> I bet you people, I know people that absolutely freaking crushed it in 2008. Right, right. And sure. uh, one of those guys, I'll, I'll just do a shout out right now. His name is Michael Jake. His biggest problem is all of his friends have regular jobs mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So he, they, he can't relate to them on some level. Um, but no. yeah, gotcha. So, okay. So join the military and then what? So join the military and the hustler came back out. That <laughs> nice. um, I, I joined as E1 and I'm t- let me tell you, my, it still was not covering my bills, my E1 salary. So I just had this hustle and basic training. I was pulling fire guard for guys. At night, I was like mm-hmm. making the bunk beds in the morning. Um, and so you were an entrepreneur AIT. already. I yeah. mean, you were already an entrepreneur before that, but you were using your hustle, hustler skills, hustling yeah. skills in basic training. Whenever graduation came, we got that one day to kind of go and celebrate with family. I had like a pocket full of cash. And I was like, okay, I'm going to spend some of this now. Did you, um, uh, did you, get, well, you probably didn't have, they probably switched over the boots by then because we had people doing uh, boot shining. For people, no, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> there was no shining boots yeah. in my. Thank God, man. Yeah, it was like uh, five bucks to get your boots shined or something like that. But there were guys that were like all night long just shining boots, you know, making making a lot of money. Wow. Yeah, I'll tell you. And then AIT came, and then we would have dress blue inspection. Actually, it was dress. It was our our AC or greens back mm-hmm. then. Um, and I would iron those for these guys mm-hmm. on Fridays. Uh, because they would have to do an inspection to get their weekend pass. And I wasn't mm-hmm. going out on weekend passes. I didn't like my wife lived, you know, in the next state over, like we weren't seeing each other very often. Um, so I would rack up money doing that. And then mm-hmm. um, it's time to move again. And, you know, just uh, off to Germany. And basically I was stationed there for three years and then was on back to back deployment to schedule and, you know, made money in, on deployments. Uh, I would literally mm-hmm. buy cartons of cigarettes. I, I've never really, t- I've never told this story on a podcast. <laughs> Here we go, people. This is it. But I would drive off Fob Shank in a government Humvee onto the Afghan compound and buy cartons of cigarettes for 20 bucks, literally risk my stupid life, and then drive <laughs> back onto our, our Fob um, mm-hmm. and sell the packs of cigarettes to my buddies for like $10 a pack. And then one day I started feeling bad wow. about that and stopped. Um, however, <laughs> it's a probably a good thing. Wow. Uh, but little <laughs> things like that, always making money. Um, yeah. And then fast forward to 2013, uh, this is another, you know, adverse, like adversity yeah. for me yeah. is uh, my first wife was like, I'm done. I'm out of here. Like you're never, you're never here. I'm out. So that kind of crushed me hard because Recently, right after that, I was pulled out of Afghanistan. The army sends me to active duty green to gold. Uh, they paid me to go to school, my E5 salary. I went from E1 to E5 in four years or like two years. By the fourth year, they're pulling me out and send me to school. Finally getting the money under control. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm back and in for, real estate. For those unfamiliar, E1 is a private, the, the lowest ranking uh, member of the military, right? Yeah, and then yeah. E5 is a sergeant, but the lowest sergeant, right? Um, yeah. And then, but but you're moving up the ranks and then green to gold. So then you're on track to become an officer, right? Right, exactly. Okay. 2013, I, I get 
you know, I, I, I take my rank off, but I keep my E5 status. I'm paid. I'm literally still active duty, uh, getting paid to go to school, which was amazing. You know, I had to build these huge packets and it took me two years in a row, um, to, to get accepted, but I literally had the opportunity of a lifetime in, 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 in the military. Now I'm getting paid to go to college. I buy a, uh, a rental house right next to the college. It literally touches the, the land of Florida Tech. And I started doing something called house hacking. I didn't know what it was called back then, but I had roommates basically, and I'm making money to live there. And this is my start back up into real estate. And that's really what catapulted me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's, I've never really done house hacking, but, um, and I know Brandon Turner likes to take credit for that. Yeah, term, but uh, <laughs> it was going on. He doesn't take credit for the the strategy. I don't think hey, but, they coined but, it. I mean, yeah, they did. Absolutely. But I mean, it's one of the best ways if if that fits your your you know family circumstances at that time. Uh, if, if you can make that work, I think it's one of the most powerful ways to get to really um, put rocket fuel on your your real real estate and wealth building. Um, you know, career path. So that's awesome. So you, you're kind of like, sounds like you're rebounding or uh, so you're, you're, you're rebounding from, from your divorce at that point. Is that what's uh-huh. going on? Okay. Absolutely. All right. Yep. So what's, what's your mindset at that point? You know, it was tough. Like I'm, I'm now like uh 24 when I joined five, six, seven, I'm actually about 27, about to turn 28. I'm the old guy in college. Yeah. I'm surrounded by like 18, 19, 21 year olds. And thank God I didn't have any gray hairs at that time. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I just put my head down and did my, I'm, I'm literally taking like eight or nine classes because I had 21 months to get a four-year degree. And a lot of my, <laughs> none of my, uh, uh, I, I won't name the colleges for, for the sake of your podcast, but none of my credits <laughs> transferred from this uh, university of blah, 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 online <laughs> school that I've been taking for the last four years. Um, so taking like nine classes and fixed this house up, house hacked it, and literally did what's called a um, VA streamlined loan. And the bank actually refinanced me within like two months of living there, uh, lowered my interest rate, and then gave me fifty five or 55,000 cash. And I purchased the house down the street. And then I put sweat equity in that. Me and my neighbor who owned a, a construction company every night would work on that, then rented that one out and then started wholesaling houses, you know, because I went to a private school uh, and I had to pay for some of these classes after my, <laughs> after my cap hit. But, um, you know, that game introduced me to wholesaling houses. And then um, in that, during that time, I met uh, my, my wife, Emily, the love of my life. And we decided that she's going to come with me to the next duty station. We got married. And uh, now so, we have three children together. <laughs> nice. Um, I, 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 and again, this, this show is not about me, but so we were both army officers. I also ran a, a lawn and landscaping company back in the no day, um, which is still in existence today. It's not, I don't own it, but, um, and then my wife's name is Emily as well. So <laughs> that is wild. So I knew everything except for the Emily. I didn't know yeah. your wife's name was Emily. Yeah. So, I so yeah. We better um, check. We might live in the same uh, neighborhood. No. <laughs> What's your name again? No. Um, there's actually it's funny, funny thing. I, I um just resigned permanently from my my position with Department of Defense. Um, I was working part time for about eight years, seven years, I guess. But there was another uh James Bateman there, and turns out um 
the crazy part is, so out of this huge organization, there were only two James Batemans. And then he comes into my organization. We're in the same organization, like small, you know, group. And, uh, and then one day I'm walking by him and I, and we realized that he, somebody says like, Oh, how was your birthday yesterday to him? And it was, it had been my birthday. So yeah, same birthday, same name. Um, kind of crazy. There's some stories That's about that wild. one, but yeah. So hopefully I don't even want to ask you what your birthday is. Cause that would be too weird. <laughs> I'll tell you after you stop the recording. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So now what year did, did we end off? Where, where are we in your story? Yeah, we're, uh, we'll just fast forward to jumping out to 2015 uh, when it's time to move to Fort Carson. Got married uh, very soon after we found out we're having a baby and we bought our first house at Fort Carson, Colorado. And I used the equity from that uh, a third rental property, took out a home equity line of credit and bought a triplex right in the city of Colorado Springs. Um, so... I've hit the ground running. I'm wholesaling houses uh, while working like a 13-hour army day. Um, and <clears throat> I was doing it all by just getting up early. I had to be on base by 6 to, to do PT or physical training. And from 4 to 6 was my power hour. And I really had a huge why. And a lot of, a lot of times people are trying to figure out their why. And I didn't know what mine was until I finally got out of the military while I was working so hard, but my why was I was not going to let damn history repeat itself again on me. Like I was not going to have another wife, like, you know, take off because I'm always gone, always training, always deployed, always away. And, uh, you know, and I loved being in the military, but it was hard. It's hard on the family. And now I've got children and it really hit me when that first baby, my, my first, uh, son came out and I was like, okay, I've got about two and a half years. I put it in my packet, even though everyone was saying, don't do it. They're not going to approve it. They're not letting army officers out right now. I didn't care. I didn't listen to the naysayers because there's always someone's going to try and tell you to not do something. Mm -hmm. And literally a girl with the same year group as me got denied. And, you know, by the grace of God, they approved mine. Or maybe mm -hmm. I just sucked as an army officer. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, And that was my timeline. I had about two years to make it work. And I was searching for answers, kind of like the, the Adversity to Abundance podcast. And I heard about a guy flipping land, buying and selling land overnight. And I'm already kind of haphazardly wholesaling houses, but it's hard. Like you got to go and create rapport with these sellers. Like you can't just be in and out and get a contract. Mm -hmm. um, I heard about land and I'm like, why am I not mailing land? And mm -hmm. that's what did it for me. In my second uh, land sale, I created a note. Um, and it paid me every month. And that was where my paradigm shifted. And I said, I only have to do this about 11 more times to completely be financially free. That's awesome. So prior to land, who were you learning from? Or, you know, how were you doing your, your real estate? Wholesaling Inc. Tom Kroll, the original okay. founder of Wholesaling Inc., which I've got the honor to be a coach for now. Nice. Okay. And then got into land and now you do your own coaching of land as well, right? Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I right. teach with wholesaling Inc. people how to build land business just like I've got. That's awesome. Um, so can you give us kind of like, you don't have to give us numbers, but what does your business yeah. look like from kind of a portfolio or yeah. maybe even an income standpoint? Yeah, we've done a little over 385-ish um, land deals. Um, 
And we've got currently a little over a hundred notes every single month paying us uh, for the land that we've nice. sold. And the first, uh, the first note I ever did was $400 a month. Um, so, you know, we, we can count on that. Some mm-hmm. of those are five-year loans. Some of them are 30-year loans, which I really prefer because if you mm-hmm. look at the way the banks set these amortization schedules up, the first mm-hmm. five or seven years is like interest. interest. Yeah. So it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, it's, I wouldn't, shouldn't say a no-brainer. Um, Albert Einstein said that, you know, those that understand compound interest earn it and those that don't pay it. So <laughs> I'm doing my best to understand compounding interest because <laughs> the banks are usually the prettiest buildings in every city and every state of this country. Yeah. Um, and they've got something figured out. So did you ever think you would be where you are now? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, well, let me, that, that's totally incorrect what I just said. Um, I knew I would be somebody one day and, and doing things um, that I think I would have these successful, all these successful businesses. Um, no, I couldn't quite see it. I knew I was going to do something one day and be very successful. Uh, but I, yeah, it's amazing what what you can accomplish in just a few short years. Yeah. Awesome. So is there anything else you want to add as far? I'm going to fire off some questions, but um, yeah. any other kind of takeaways from the adversity that you went through that you want to touch on? Yeah. I mean, it just t- taken straight from the Bible, this too shall pass. You know, there's peaks right. and there's valleys. And if it wasn't for the valleys, there wouldn't be peaks. If it wasn't for the peaks, there wouldn't be valleys. So we have to go through that time. And, um, you know, it's hard to say, or it's hard to like really appreciate your situation when you're going through it, but you just got to enjoy the ride. And sometimes it's going to be raining on you. And sometimes it's going to be, you know, sunny roses and, um, I'll tell you, it's just like, you just gotta just keep pushing forward and, um, just, just take the action really. I mean, we got the, we got libraries that we can go into for free and learn this stuff. We've got YouTube. Um, my, I, I teach this stuff every day on my YouTube channel. It's free, but here's the, the one like recommendation is you just, just gotta stop and take the action, get out of learn mode and start taking the action with everything you learn. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, that's that's all really good. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really one of the key points of this this show is that you're not the goal shouldn't be to avoid adversity or challenges or trials, right? I mean, it's of course nobody seeks them out on purpose, right? I, I'm not looking for more trouble, but that shouldn't be the ultimate goal because it's going to happen. So, what do you what do you do with it when it does? Um, uh, I'm, all right, I'm going to fire off some questions and we'll see where it goes. What do people misunderstand about you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if they don't understand, I should know. Um, you know, I guess why my butt's always burning. Like why, like, you know, and, and I, I love the what Art Williams said, you know, so he's like, I don't know why my butt's always burning. Like, Art, I'm like, Art, you got to do something. You got to go for it. <laughs> you got to try something. I mean, if, if you haven't heard Art Williams and his Just Do It speech, like, I love that, that speech. Okay. Um, so maybe that's it. Like, people don't understand why my butt's always burning. All right. I like it. Um, what would you say was one of your biggest failures and what, what did you learn from that? Um, I would say my biggest failure was just <clears throat> probably quitting um, and doing what I, cause I was on to something. It was just going to take longer than what I planned with, with the, uh, with the real estate in the beginning mm-hmm. in 2007. Gotcha. Okay. Got it. 
And you were doing you. That's when you got your license, and you that was in West Palm Beach. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was already kind of start. I mean, I bought that first rental in two thousand seven. I should have yeah. just kept buying them. Kept, going, kept buying. Yeah. Kept buying. Sure. I was just in West Palm Beach about a month ago, but and I imagine they got hit really hard in two thousand eight. I would guess, but um, if you were given ten million dollars tomorrow, what would you do with it? <laughs> um. Well, I'm not I saying would, you don't have $10 million. I'm just saying if somebody wrote you a check for $10 million, what would you do with it? I mean, I've got a land deal right now. We're looking actually two of them. I could probably buy both of them, actually. <laughs> um, so I'm actually raising money for it. So I wouldn't have to raise the money. I would just have the money. Okay, nice. <clears throat> yeah, you mentioned uh, a little bit about that before we hit record. Um, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh man, definitely spaghetti. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Stupid question. Um, <laughs> all right. How about what is the challenge you're facing in your business right now? You mentioned raising capital is something you're focused on. Uh, just getting, you know, a challenge right now is I, I mentioned we had outrun our bookkeepers and the, the uh, fractional CFO we had. Um, how did, can you, what, what is that? I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm just what is what is a fractional CFO? For? Basically, it's a CFO that works for other companies, not just yours. Yeah. Um, and the bookkeeping team that was managing all all the books for my uh, companies, the land and the houses, and the, and the coaching, we just got too far ahead of them that they couldn't keep up with our transactions. Um, so we just hired an in-house bookkeeper that she's in our culture, she's in our family. Um, that's awesome. So that's my number one challenge. And, you know, I, I'm already seeing the light, you know, at the end of the tunnel. So, <laughs> well, it is uh, May 3rd right now. And so um, I can, I think a lot of people can probably feel your pain right now as far <laughs> as small business owners. And, uh, you know, we just kind of got through, I don't know if there even is a tax season. I feel like tax season is year round now, but it is, it is. Um, it's yeah, I, I struggle with, with that as well with my businesses. It's definitely a pain point. Yeah. Um, I just hired a, a accountant with an MBA. So I've got high, high, high hopes. Awesome. No pressure. New, new team member. I hope she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> she actually right. used to be my neighbor, by the way. I didn't even know it oh, until uh, I hired okay. her. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um, what is one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in, in real estate, we'll say? Yes. You know, you've listened to enough podcasts, you've read enough books, just start taking action and uh, go out and make some mistakes. Um, and, oh, make mistakes. Like they're going to happen. You already said it, Jamie. Just yep. go out there and start pulling the trigger. Our mistakes will sometimes turn into our, you know, our best, you know, yeah. abundance. Big wins. Yep. Yeah. Huge wins. Absolutely. All right. What's a book you would recommend? Um, the Wealthy Gardener. I love the book. That's a that's a great one. That's really good. Yeah, that's a. I've recommended that as well on podcasts. It's um, it's like a fiction slash nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, book and that guy, man, he just set his mind to it and he just crushed it. <laughs> yeah, such a great. I really prefer that one on Audible. Okay. Because it's such a story and the and the way he tells it. Um, I think I even mentioned it on the Good Deeds podcast. I just I just really like that book. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, speaking of podcasts, what other podcasts? You have your own podcast, right? The Whole Selling um, Podcast, yep. And then what other podcasts do you listen to? Any others? I don't really I don't listen to podcasts anymore. Yeah. I used to 
literally consume them when I was searching for answers, uh, how, how to build a business that would get me out of the military. Yeah, got it. Um, how do you like to serve others? You know, one, uh, just, uh, well, let me back up. Um, I was walking out of the gym yesterday and I want to do a start uh, doing a fundraiser for Feed the Children for my county. Um, that's something I, I just, it just popped in my head. I think a lot of these things, uh, you know, are God inspired. Like when we get these just random ideas, number two, I teach people how to, you know, build businesses that serve them. Um, and then three, you know, filling, uh, just pouring into my team and my organization. I mean, one of our, uh, team members that I hired in April, 2017, she literally just paid off all of her debt. So uh, those are awesome. a couple of different ways. Yeah, and no, I'm glad I asked that one. Those were those were some good ones. Um, and you said walking out of the gym. Just as as we start to wrap up here, I, I just think that's you know creating that space mentally. I mean, you went to the gym. I would guess for a physical workout, right? But I know for me, a lot of times I have really what I think are good ideas. Um, yeah when I'm not in the weeds and I'm, I'm going for a walk or I'm doing a workout or something, you know, we're creating, I've created that space, uh, the mental space to have those, those good ideas. So that's, that's really good. And, and, uh, knowing you, I think you're going to actually do that. <laughs> well, now that I said it, I mean, I yeah, kind of have to, um, <laughs> right. So, and, but the, the first thing, and I'll tell you within that same seed that came to my mind, guess what? came right after that was fear, fear of failure and fear of rejection. Mm. Oh, what if it doesn't go well? Like, mm. what are people going to think of me? What if no one shows up to the events? <laughs> um, so we, we all get stopped by fear of failure and fear of rejection. And I'll, I know exactly why we have these stimulating thoughts and these ideas. And that while we're usually getting some type of physical activity or, oh, you know what? I'm just going to make that call. Like, whatever. I'm, I don't know why I've been shredding it is because mm -hmm. when we, when we get up, when we build up something called endorphins, uh, it is literally the, the antidote to cortisol. Cortisol is fear. It's the pause button. It's what kept us alive, you know, when we were running from the saber-toothed tigers. But the the the, or the antidote, I should say, uh, is the endorphins. So that's why people need to get out and take those walks or take those jogs or or just do push-ups and air squats and some jumping jacks right before they go into that tough meeting, or they got to make that phone call that they're afraid to do because we're that we're afraid that that person on the other line is going to reject us. Yeah, that's awesome. But I thought you'd reached abundance, and then you don't now. You don't have any more fear. Or... <laughs> it's a daily. It's like like Jim Rohn says, you got to take a shower at least once a day. So, I mean, I'm in Florida right now. I pretty much have to take twice a day. Um, but it the the motivation wears off it's a daily battle it's 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 just constant yeah i love it i think our listeners are really going to be able to you're very relatable so i think this will be really good um two more questions what's with the rhino behind you i'm so glad you asked so the rhino tribe wholesaling inc you know i got it from a great book called uh, Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander. That's my number two book. Okay. Um, that should be the number one, but you <laughs> always have to be charging. You know, rhinoceros have three inch thick skin and they're taking torpedoes on daily. We're always charging. You don't want to be like the fat cow just sitting there chewing the grass. You want to be charging. So what does that mean? Have your running shoes ready next to your bed. As soon as you get up, hit the ground running. Love it. 
my uh, my one nephew is a big fan of rhinos, so he's going to have to listen to this one. Um, all right, last but not least, where can our listeners find you online if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, thanks for asking. I mentioned the YouTube channel. I just started a YouTube channel uh, very recently, and I put a video out five days a week. Um, I just asked people to go and smash that red button, subscribe to that <laughs> channel. Even if you don't like the content, just still hit that red button. Yeah, well, when I was... I, I did pause my YouTube videos because it is, you know, it's a lot of work, but uh, it is. My, my one nephew, that's, that was a couple of years ago, kept saying, smash that like button. So, yeah, yeah. but no, it's, it, it means a lot to those. It's I mean, like you said, like we both said, it's a, it is a lot of work putting out content, especially if you're doing it five times a week. Um, of course, there's hopefully something in it for you monetarily, but um, one day, <laughs> one day <laughs> but uh it does go a long way if if people if the listeners will go out and you know like your videos brent's videos and as well as uh, your podcast and um and same with this show it really does go a long way if we can get some keep on building on the momentum we've created here with uh shares and likes and reviews it's not just not just me saying that it really does help. So Brent, I really want to thank you uh, for coming on. Um, Do you have any parting words for us? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to just ride the train you just built there. You know, guys, if you have not subscribed from, from adversity to abundance podcast, do so and do a five-star review and share this podcast with someone that needs to get their butt in gear and they need to cancel Netflix. So show (laughs) some, show some love to Jamie. Like this is a lot of work. Uh, So thanks for doing all this, Jamie. That's awesome, Brent. I really appreciate it. And thanks a lot for coming on. And to our listeners out there, thanks for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, This book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.